Hello. You guys need to lighten up. Relax. It's not death church. It's life church. Give me a break. Come on. You got to think that's funny. So if it ever stops, I will explain this in just a second. I promise. All right. How many of you were here for last week? Some of you were, some of you weren't. Uh, We talked about frequency. We talked about tuning in to hear God. Um, The first part of that message was about realizing that God is constantly transmitting to us. He's constantly talking to us. The problem comes in when the antenna, we talked about how the antenna receives a radio frequency, right? And then there's, you have to tune in to the right one to get the right message. And there's a lot of messages being transmitted out there. We have to know what the right message is. And so uh, as Christ followers, we have to honestly, everything that we learn in this word has to be measured about what we hear out there. And that's how we tune in. Then we talked about creating an atmosphere, that it is not appropriate to talk to God and occasionally just once in a blue moon, I gave the illustration, my wife's not in this service, but it would be like me not talking to my wife for about three weeks. I'd just talk to her a little random burst every once in a while when I needed something from her. How many of you know I'd be in divorce court real fast? So we, we need to create atmosphere and take time to date God, date God. And so uh, creating that atmosphere is different for each person. Some people are sensates. They love nature. They receive, they can, they can commune and talk to God in nature. Some people are out in the frozen ice. I don't get it, but I do, I have tried it. It's, it's freezing. Do we even have ice anymore out there? I don't, any ice fishermen in here? Some guys get that. They commune with ice fishing. You guys are really quiet. By the end of the day, I'm going to have you standing up, jumping for joy because Jesus is just going to zap you with like his grace. And you're like, man, I've never been to a church like that before. They're weird. It is my mission. And if, and if, if you, I will pick on people. I do. I have a, I have a tendency to do that. You're like, oh gosh, I went to that church and he started picking on me. If you don't start smiling fast, I will. I promise you. Oh, I will. I will. So this little contraption, I'm going to explain in just a second. Before I do, I want to put up 10 ways that I believe, and this is today's message, 10 ways that God speaks to us. Number one that I put up on the board here. Number one, dreams and visions. How many know that you have a dream? God puts dreams in people. The enemy also puts dreams in people. Have you ever had a nightmare before? And you you wake up and you're like, oh, terrified. Uh, I can tell you a lot of times... When I've had those terrifying dreams, it's because I've listened to my Marilyn Manson CD, because I've watched uh, Death Race 5000, and heads are being blown off, and hello. You know, just an amazing concept. What you put in your brain comes out. Imagine that. It's unbelievable. I'm not feeling real spiritual. Well, what did you just watch? Well, (laughs) Amityville Horror 5. So... So the enemy is speaking. He's very real. Then you have, uh, you have uh, visions sometimes. The Bible talks, and visions has a, is a, has a double-edged meaning. Uh, the Bible says that people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, the people perish. We need to have vision from God, but there's also real visions. God is clear in the Bible that he will give visions, and you may not always have all these supernatural uh, impartations, but my Bible says God speaks to us in many different ways. It's settled, I agree. So if he spoke to Moses in a burning bush, if he spoke through a donkey, he can speak to me. 
And so these are areas that we need to be open to. They're not necessarily always every day, but they do happen. Here's another one. God speaks to us through the prophetic. Uh, if you read in 1 Corinthians, great read. Uh, there's the nine gifts of the Spirit. In that, there's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. There's a prophetic utterance, the gift of prophecy. And uh, oftentimes in ministry, and, and this is something I want people to understand, you don't need a pastor to operate in these power gifts, in these gifts. that you, you, do you, How many understand that God can download a word to you while you're talking to someone at your job? All of a sudden, you're talking to them, and they're talking about their problems, and uh, God will give you a mental picture, and he'll say to you, Say this, and you just happen to know. That can be a word of wisdom, it can be a word of knowledge, and then their face just drops, and you know that you've touched on the issue. But we have to be open to that. I want you to be open to having God use you supernaturally. There was a time when we were in De Pere High School. This was uh, probably two or three years ago. We probably, our first service was pretty packed in this one. This one's about half full. In that, in that environment, we had about 50 or 60 people, maybe 70 uh, and I didn't, I knew some, there, most of them I knew, but there was a few people that I didn't know, but I didn't even know this. I, when I got up to minister, the Lord spoke to me, left-hand arthritis. First of all, the first question I have is, what? Left-hand arthritis? It came to me three different times, and I'm like, oh my gosh, left-hand arthritis. You know, and I'm thinking, uh, so I get up there kind of trembling, like, oh boy, I'm going to say this, and I don't know if anybody's, I'm going to, hey, I'm, I'm feeling this, I'm, I just need to say this. Uh, is there anybody in here that has arthritis in your left hand? Three people come down out of like 60 people. Two of them I didn't even know. One of them I did. I didn't even know they had arthritis. Well, if you want to walk on water, by the way, two of them got healed. And, and God, do you know, how many know that God can heal instantaneously just like that? But you know what? Not everybody gets their healing instantaneously just like that. What freed me in learning how to hear God is that Two things. I don't have to fix people. I'm just the vessel. I'm not the healer. I'm just the dude praying for you. I speak. He imparts. It's up to us to receive, right? That's the goodness of God. See, God's gotten a bad rap because we watch certain, you know, certain things on TV and our unbelieving eyes say, that's stage, that's stage, that's stage. I'm going to tell you, when the power of God hits you, you know. You don't have to stage anything, right? But part of it is, we want to walk with God, we want to hear God, but we don't want to do what it takes to hear God. Last week I talked about getting in the presence of God, that there's power in the presence. I will tell you this, the more I'm in the presence of God, the more I hear Him. It, isn't that amazing? When I just spend time with Him and I, and I value Him, and, and sometimes there's things in life that come in to distract us. I've had seasons of life where, hey, I'm going to go home and watch a movie. And it'll be like six weeks, six weeks straight, and I'll probably watch like, I've gone through seasons where I'll watch like three or four movies at a night, I'm tired or whatever. Do you understand that you'll feel that if you don't spend that time with God at times? Now, I'm not saying I do that all the time, but I've had seasons where I'm just feeling, ugh. Somebody wake up and tell me you understand. I mean, you're flesh, right? That voice is always speaking to you too. All right, so... Uh, as I mentioned, God speaks through the prophetic, sometimes in a, in, a, in a service, sometimes random. Somebody will have a word from you. Here's what I always say. If this word does not bear witness with your spirit, toss it out. So if somebody comes up to me and says something, and especially if it's contrary to the word of God, if it's something that is, somebody comes up to me and says, I have a word for you, and it doesn't bear witness with, 
If it doesn't bear witness with my spirit, I toss it out or I shut it down. I don't give it place. And, and, and here's the thing. When you want to hear God, you have to control what you listen to, what you watch. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. I can't sing. There's a reason I preach and I don't sing. Wake up. Come on now. People. All right. People. People. God speaks through people. Random confirmations. You can be going through your life, your whatever it is your job is, and you're struggling with something. Maybe you say something to somebody, and out of the blue, it was exactly what you needed to hear at that moment. God will send people your way to help you get on track. Here's the other part of that. The enemy will send people your way to get you off track. And sometimes he'll use Christians <laughs> who become the mouthpiece of the enemy to get you off track. It's not just limited to non-Christians. Christians can be the voice of the enemy. You know how I know that? Because I've been the voice of the enemy. And I, I understand now very clearly that if I'm in the flesh, I can be. But God does send people in our path. He also gives us godly counsel. Number four, godly counsel. That basically means there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So if you ask for uh, advice on stuff, uh, it's important because God can confirm that. But I will also say this. Be careful who your advisors are. The wrong people at the wrong time can put you into the wrong place. So we have to be very careful about who we get counsel from. Number five, uh, circumstances. Jonah was in a real fish, and he got spit up on a real place called Nineveh. Uh, he had disobeyed God because God said go to Nineveh. He refused to, so God used a circumstance through a fish to spit him up, cough him up. And he had to minister to people that would boil you in oil. Sounds like a fun job, right? But he used that circumstance. Jonah does speak to them, and a lot of people come to the Lord. He'll speak to us through circumstances. Six, number six, silence. God will speak to us. Uh, here's one. Uh, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm storing the gates of heaven. Lord, answer my prayer. Flatline. Nothing. Nothing. Lord, what? Nothing. There are moments when God is speaking to you to basically come to him to get in his presence. I've found that the more I'm distracted by other things, when he's saying, get in my presence, if I'm asking a prayer, I hear nothing. Why? Because he wants me to be still and know that he is God. Psalm 46.10. So we have to get in his presence. And that leads into number seven. For some of you, getting quiet before God, create that environment. Some of you, you are sensate. Man, you love... You love the Door County sunsets. You love the, you love the, the, the beautiful atmosphere. And for some people, they, they, they can commune with God better in a natural environment. Some people can be in a prayer closet. Others can be in a car. You can be in your house, a, a prayer den, whatever. Whatever it is that helps bring you closer to that environment for God, that's where you need to be. Everybody's different, right? Everybody has different circumstances. Number eight. God speaks to us through the supernatural. There, were, there was a real burning bush, folks. There was real angelic visitations. And God is very real about what he does. And there will be times where you will encounter the supernatural. Maybe not every day. I, I put it to you this way. Uh, what I'm doing right now, just preaching the word, is supernatural. People walking out of wheelchairs is supernatural spectacular. You see the difference? But the word is still spoken. It's still supernatural. If you have ears to hear, something is being birthed in you right now as I speak. Something, the word is going forth. It's dealing with you. That's a supernatural 
That's a supernatural thing. And God can do that. But he can also minister through miracles. He can minister through anything because he created this world. Then number nine, whispers. This is the one that I'm going to touch on a little bit today. Uh, God speaks to us that still small voice. It's where you have peace or you have a check. How many know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, yes, go ahead. No, stop. Or you come up to a situation and it can sound real good. I've had, I've had situations in my life where it sounds good, looks good, everything's good. I look them in the eyes and I'll say, I, I pass. Because why? That still small voice is saying, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. There's other, that's, a, that's what you, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about how do, you, how do you hear that better. There's the peace of God, too. Colossians talks about let the peace of God rule as an umpire, rule in your life, let it rule. And, and if you don't have peace about something, I can tell you every time I've had that confusion and no peace, especially if it's not confirmed, when I've operated out ahead of God, I usually get smashed. I mean, something bad always tends to happen. So I've learned in my, my walk with God that I'd rather be behind God and wait <laughs> and wait some more. And then, yes, now's, now's the time to go. And you use a lot of these together. I'll, I'll get counsel from people. I'll talk to them. I'll bounce it off people. When we make staff decisions here, uh, for instance, writing this 40 Days of Power, uh, I bounced it off our staff. We talked about it. It bore witness with all of it. And, and we said, yeah, we're going to do that. I had, I had a vision from God to write it, but I knew with, with it affecting other things, it was going to take more time, which means our staff has to do other things. And so uh, God had to confirm that. I wasn't just going to cavalierly go out and do that. What I'm saying to you is, is that God has a way of speaking to you if you have ears to hear. And the key is to learn how to hear that whisper. So how do I do that? Last way, 10, the Bible, the Bible. Now, before I touch on that, I'm going to show you this little contraption. You've kind of heard it. It's cute. It's funny. It's got like a little, I don't know what that thing is, but uh, here's the deal. When we have an instruction manual, how many, how many dads do we have in here? A few here and there. How many of you absolutely dread Christmas morning? Well, I say that and I don't dread Christmas morning. I love Christ, obviously, but uh, I dread the toy opening thing. The way they tie those things up these days, I mean, they have these little things in there. They're just, they're wrapped around. It's like, it's like Fort Knox. I mean, you have, to get, you have to get like scissors that are really, I mean, I'm sitting there working on those. Then once you get past that part, then you have to start screwing and, and, and you know, putting all these little drills and drill holes and, and all these other things in there. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're like, what just happened? Here's the problem. I usually don't read the instructions. Now, is there any other honest dads that will look at this and go, ah, you know, I'll just plow right through it? Is there any? There's a few of them like that. I can just do it by sight, right? Here's the problem. Is that usually like this little guy will wind up over here and that little guy will wind up over there. It's about 45 minutes later. My wife's mad at me because I've wasted all this time. My kids are crying because they're not playing with the toy. I'm miserable. You know what? This is just not right. But if I would have just listened and read the instruction manual, it would have gone a lot smoother. By the way, this one's free, but guys, listen to your wife when it comes to directions. And make sure you ask, because you'll wind up 50 miles off course. That Thus saith the Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
She's kept me out of a lot of problems. Okay, so the Bible. There's a lot of confusion about this book. And people say, well, I want to hear God better. But here's the reality. Let me, let me give you the statistics. Because I found this was staggering. It says that 80%, a recent Pew study said 80% of Americans call themselves Christians, right? But only one out of three believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. Now, that, that does not compute to me. I, I, I'm a logic, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, well, yeah, maybe there was a burning bush, but it was more fictitious, and, you know, the Red Sea may, but then these same preachers will say, well, yeah, Jesus did die on a cross for your sins. I don't get that. How can you die on the cross for our sins, but you can't do these other miracles? How do you reconcile that? So the Bible is or it isn't. And if it isn't, here's what I would recommend. We appreciate you coming to Life Church. God bless you. Thank you for your time here today. I have absolutely nothing to give you. My message is absolutely worthless. We'll see you and have a great week. Maybe we'll talk about something next week. But if it's the truth, then you need to perk up, tune in, listen up, and get it. It's that important. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue, so what you speak matters. How do you get good stuff to speak? The Word of God. Can I get a witness from the congregation? Second Timothy says this, verse three, or chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work, for every good work. So that means that first word says all scripture. It doesn't say some scripture. It says all scripture. And who wrote this word? God did. Now go to Luke 22, 24. We're going to put that up on the screen. I'm going to read out of the New King James translation. And this is the part I want you to get. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples after the resurrection. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. The implication of this is staggering. Think about it. They walked with Jesus Christ for three years, watched him raise the dead, do all kinds of amazing things, and at this point, the Bible says he opened their mind to the scriptures. Now, think about this. They were Hebrew kids. They grew up. They knew the Torah. They knew everything about the law. They knew their scriptures. What this implies is if Jesus has to open your mind to this, it implies that minds can be closed to this. It means if, if you're not illuminated, you can read this book, and it's a book of words, Right? But if you read this book with your eyes opened, all of a sudden, something happens. I read this book and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, my God shall supply all my needs. I've read that 35,000 times, but today I realize my God shall supply all my need. Wow. It was like a revelation. And when you start going through here and you see the goodness of God, all of a sudden, it just begins to pop. Well, here's the thing. You have people who can read this 
And they, they know this in here. But they don't have it here. How many know what I'm talking about? There's no power there. It's like when you talk to them, you're talking to a tombstone. There's no life in it. But one day, when God, I mean, when the breath of God hits a person, when the Holy Spirit zaps you, you will never be the same. All of a sudden, everything just, it's like, wow. Your problems may increase, but His grace is greater. And all of a sudden, you're tuned in. You're hearing things from God that you've never heard before. Let me just give you a, a, an example because I'm going to tell you I'm the last guy on the planet. I'm the most analytical, logical. I was darn near atheist. So for me to get up here and say this, we're not playing around. I'm telling you, I was the type of person I had to see it before I believed it. In fact, I would pick fights with Christians back in the day. Oh, yeah, I grew up to see I was out of my wounds. I was hurt. I was hurt because I I grew up in the church world, and I had a lot of this, but I didn't have it in here. And then one day, God zapped me and said, I'm real. My power is real. My love is real. My grace is real. And if you will just believe it first, then you'll see it. You know what? I've seen it. I've seen the goodness of God. You need to get a revelation that he is a good God. He wants you in power. He wants his love to fill you up. He'll take every hurt. He'll take every disaster. And you will have some, but he will get you through it. Your mess can be his message if you let him. But you've got to know him. And you've got to hear him. So here's the, here's the thing. I, I give another example. Here's where we get a little fuzzy. Uh, how many have ever seen... Uh, a person or had a car where you pour diesel gasoline into an unleaded tank. Or put unleaded gasoline into a diesel tank. A little tougher these days because the diesel thing is a bigger deal. It's harder to get in. But the old cars, you could still do it. But if you mix that, uh, how many know what happens? It, it kind of like, it goes, you know, cough, stutters. It just doesn't run right. It'll run. But like what, what, I, what I researched from... The mechanics is that, I mean, first of all, you're looking at a lot of money to repair your car. I mean, potentially. It can do a lot of damage. It's going to drive, but it's not going to run right. Uh, you, you can really do a lot of damage, so they have to clean it out. They have to clean out all the gunk and all this. And Am I right? Any mechanics in here? Am I off on this a little bit from what I've... A little bit? Okay. Close? Close enough? But that's just what I read. But I haven't had it happen to me personally. But I got a vision of that. I'm thinking, my gosh, that's the church. We're, we're running on self-help books. We're not running on the Word of God. Like, for instance, we'll get... And, I, and listen, I'm not against... If there's a biblical truth and, and somebody has a biblical truth in a self-help book, I'm not opposed to the biblical truth because it came from the Bible, right? But if you're basing your foundation on something that is not of the Word, self-help is what it is. And you can't help self, right? Otherwise, why are we here? Because we know that only by God's grace and his power can our lives change. When we empty ourselves and flush out all that stuff, and we allow God to change us internally and go on his Holy Spirit fuel, things happen. We're going to sputter and wheeze if we don't fill ourselves up with this. Here's the thing. What it means is, is that intellectual, intellectual scriptural prowess is meaningless. Your PhDs, your doctorates, and all this mean nothing 
if you don't have an internal revelation of that scripture. It's got to, it's got to be birthed in you because all of a sudden you realize that it, when it says in the Bible, Jesus was moved with compassion. All of a sudden, one day you're like, yes, I'm moved with compassion. Other than, other than that, it's, yeah, I have to go down and help somebody move their car and I'm filing up my good work for the week. Aren't I special? There's no life in that, is there? Have you ever served somebody out of duty, obligation, and, and dread? There's no life in it, right? And then one day, God frees you of something. And you're like, man, I can't wait to get to church or this person. And you know, all of a sudden, it changes things. Because now you have life in you. You, you don't serve God because you have to, because you want to be a good person. You serve God because, my gosh, he's done amazing things in my life. See the difference? You can be so intellectually smart and no earthly good. I found that receiving like a child is the best approach. Write this down. It takes an encounter with the living word of God to understand and live out the word of God. It takes an encounter with the living word of God. That's Jesus to understand and live out the word of God. Biblical arrogance and biblical abstinence. Biblical abstinence, people have been told a lie for years that they can't read the Bible. In fact, there will be churches that will tell you that you shouldn't. They'll discourage you from reading your Bible. That's insidious, right? That's just not good. Here's the reality. Sometimes when you read your Bible, there are things you're not going to understand. Here's my solution to that. It's a little website called Google. So you're dealing with fear. You know what you can do? Type in scriptures on fear, click, and all of a sudden you'll get a bunch of scriptures. I mean, I love the fact that God gives us tools to help our jobs. Or if you're going through, uh, you need healing. Scriptures on healing, Google, click. All the scriptures are there. You know, God creates ways for us if there's a topic that you face or your Bible has a concordance. If you want to know more about faith, read on faith. We can look at this as a textbook. We can look at it as a daily devotional. It's all good. The more you put in, the more comes out. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Good stuff in, good stuff out. Biblical arrogance we talked about. By the way, the self-help industry, this is just when it's free. They spent over $50 billion over the last five years. That one's a freebie from Forbes. $50 billion industry. over. That's non-biblical self-help. That's just... FYI, you know, it's not working, is it? <laughs> Biblical arrogance. Have you ever come across a person who will speak the truth of God, but they won't speak it in love? That's biblical arrogance. That's, I want to show you how much I know about this, but I don't give a rip about you. And it's really a Pharisee spirit. And what it is, is it's, it's telling people this very clear message is that I want to dominate you to make you see my point of view, but I don't want to care about you. And here's what I've learned in ministry and with people. People do not give a rip about how much you know about the Bible unless they know how much you care. And the only way you're going to care about people is if you allow the Word of God place in your life. It has to be preeminent. And I know every church you're going to go to, you're going to hear that. But I'm praying and asking God today, today is the day you look at the Bible as non-threatening, you look at it as this big book, but that you look at this 
as your life source. This is your fuel. This is your fuel. This is, well, pastor, I'm going through this. It's in the word. We can't fix anybody, but we can point them to Jesus in his word. Crucial, crucial step. The Bible calls the person who, when I would call a person that is operating in a spirit that is not of God, you can use this as a weapon, but a person that is all here and not here has a form of godliness but denies its power. And the reason they don't have power is because they're not operating in love. And how can you love God and love others if you don't know him? And that's where this word, more than TV, I mean, guys, I face it too. I face it all the time. I have ministry distractions. People call. They have needs. Here, you know what I envision today? People are so filled up with the word of God, there's no need for the pastor because everybody in the church is praying for each other. Hallelujah. Pastors burn out because they want to do and be the savior to everybody. But here's, the, here's a little tip. I can't fix anything. Well, God can't, Pastor. I came here to hear something encouraging, and you're saying you can't help. Right. God can't. The body can't. The body, can, the body of Christ can be Christ to you. The body has to be the body. You know, Paul's great awakening, he was that guy. He was that legalist. He was that guy that knew he was the vines expository. He knew everything about the law. But remember, the Bible says that when he countered Jesus, when Jesus and him met him on the Damascus Road, it, a little bit later in the Bible, it says literally that he was blind and the scales came off. Folks, we need people to have their scales come off. They need to see how powerful this word is. If I do nothing else, if I'm failing at this, I'm asking this one thing. You understand how vital this is. Somebody needs to stand up, say, yep, that Bible is for me. The promises of God are yes and amen. Awake, arise. Somebody needs to stand up, get excited about the word of God, what it can do in your life. You don't have to sit there and be in defeat. You look defeated. You don't have to be defeated. You can be the head and not the tail. Amen. I got one person standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Actually, I didn't. It was the grace of Jesus. You guys, I'm telling you, we're not playing around. This is serious stuff. We have serious problems. We have to give it to God. How do I know and hear God? I read his word. It's the basis. It's the starting point for total life change. Jesus opens up the scriptures. Acts 16. I'm going to plow through this real quick. As I close here pretty quick. Acts 16 verse 6 says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they had tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Okay, let's go to the next one. Acts 19. This is all the Apostle Paul. Afterward, Paul felt, verse 21, Acts 19 verse 21, Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia, is that the, uh, that may be a different translation. We've got several translations. Bottom line is, if you go to Acts 19.21 and Acts 20.22, in each case he was either forbidden by the Spirit, compelled by the Spirit, driven by the Spirit. Are you getting the picture? That something, he was in tune with the Holy Spirit because he didn't have the Holy Spirit until he had Jesus. Once he had Jesus, now his tuner was tuned in. And all of the stuff that he knew about the Bible came to life. The thing about Paul that he moved in such power too is that he had revelation of the word from years of study, but now he has the anointing of God's spirit on him and God did great things through him.
Does anyone believe that they can be as Paul was? So shall you be. Can anyone receive that here today? Because I'll tell you, he took a drunk addict. You name it. I had it. I'm preaching to it. I don't have initials next to my name, but I've seen the life change. I've prayed over people. I've seen people get miraculously healed. I've seen people get progressively healed. I've seen financial pictures change just like that. I've also seen people who had a hold of God's word and they walk away because they don't believe the power is in there. And it grieves me. It grieves me. It grieves God because that word, I don't have to sell reading the Bible. The word itself speaks itself. The word of God is powerful, the Bible says. And it's okay to have questions. It's okay to have questions. Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Romans 10, 17 says this, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you want power in your life, I need to hear it. I need to hear it some more. I need to hear it some more. I need to hear it some more. And then right when I'm feeling like I'm oversaturated, I need to hear it some more. And it's not just on Sundays. It's every day. Every time Jesus was confronted by the enemy, Satan, uh, in, the de- in, the, in the desert, three times, he answered, it is written, it is written, it is written. When you're facing a crisis, when you're facing a decision, it is written. When the enemy's coming against you, it is written. It is written that my God will supply. It is written that he has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of sound mind. It is written. It is written that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. And the reason I keep saying, if you've noticed over and over and over again, I'm telling you who you are, people, not who you think you are. You are more than a conqueror. You are the beloved child of the Most High God. I believe right now you're receiving that. I believe that something is birthed in you, and you're thinking, man, this preacher's shouting at me, but i got to shout some more. If i got to shout and stare you down, get up, rise up, believe it. You are dearly loved of your father. Your father has you here. You are not here by an accident. There are no accidents with God. You have a purpose and a plan for your life. Somebody stand up. Somebody give God a clap. Somebody say, this is for me. It's for me today. I can have this. Okay, he's just putting on a show. I'm not. It's Jesus. He loves you. Get it. Receive it. Right here. Have the power. Have the power. Father, I ask that God, that you birth this in the hearts of the people here, that your heart flows to them. Lord, that something will transform in their life. That, that, that there's, a, there's an awakening and a reckoning. And, and God, you know where they have their greatest need. Lord, that you would begin to minister that. Father, I make intercession right now, Holy Spirit, that you are all across this place right now dealing with each person's need, with their hurts, with their wants, with their sin. Lord God, that their sin is, uh, is a prohibitor, but they understand that they're forgiven. They're forgiven. They're for- Somebody, that's a word for you. You are forgiven. You need to receive. Stop beating yourself up over past mistakes. It is finished. He forgave you. Receive it. Father, we thank you that right now in the hearts and the minds of the people that, that this week, as they begin to seek you, that the, that the miracles are going to start coming in their life, that they're going to they're make a transformation. And it's not by 
It's not by willpower. I'm forcing myself to read that something is going to birth in them and they're going to see the word of God for what it is, life. They will feed on it, love it, and enjoy it. Holy Spirit, right now I ask that as we close this service, I ask right now that you deal with the spirit of fear. I just command with the authority and the backing of Jesus Christ, I command the spirit of fear to exit the building now. I ask that you speak faith and peace into those hearts right now. Release it. In Jesus' name, we take authority over that spirit. I bind up every confusing spirit that would try to limit the power of God over the people this week. And God, that you would stand in the gap for them. You would send your angels to minister over them this week. And that the clarity of mind that wasn't there will be there. And in God's power, I consider that done. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, we are done. Uh, If you don't have this, I don't know if we have many left. If you don't, there is this online. There are great principles to follow, uh, things that will help you to hear God better. Anybody receive that today? Hope to see you next week. God bless you. Have a great one.